Rocket and 98.3 FM presents Start Your Engines. Here's your race team for today. Show producer, Ronnie Black. Track reporter and racing insider, Nelson Crozier. Former NASCAR team manager and author, Greg Moore. Now, here's your host for Start Your Engines. Racing historian and author, Perry Allen Wood. Good morning and welcome to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg at the Beacon Drive-In Studios. And uh, a little rainy out there this morning, but actually looks like it's going to clear up. And we'll try to get you some word on uh, any cancellations or whatever's going on with the local races around here. And uh, I know our intro there uh, announces our, our team, but left out the new guy, which we're going to quit calling him that is uh gene murphy good morning gene good morning how was your trip up to virginia last week oh it was good it was a nice trip uh, always you know picturesque drive up and uh the racing was good it's a great facility up there at wiff raceway and uh that opened a series for the southern nationals uh events and dale mcdowell won uh real good real good race had a good time well, that's good, and we got uh, Ronnie sitting here pushing the buttons, and how you doing this morning, Ronnie? Good morning. I'm doing good. I had to get up early this morning, and I don't like that. Well, why? Oh, I had to meet somebody for something else. Oh, okay. Had a deal before the show. And we got Greg Moore sitting in with us. Good morning, Greg. Uh, good morning, Perry, and good morning, Ronnie and Gene. And, and uh, like I say, it's clearing up. Yep. So, I don't know what effect that I have on some of the dirt race around here but i hope they don't cancel everything because like perry said it looks like it's gonna be, gonna be a pretty nice day it looks like it's gonna be a nice day and uh, we uh have racing around the country with uh, i guess the main focus being on Loudon, new hampshire where the xfinity cars will run this afternoon and i believe the airtime on that is uh four o'clock and we got um of course they're running i hope it's not another coma inducing race like last week with the cup cars running tomorrow at two o'clock and of course we have our special guest on our legend spotlight today and once again greg comes through with flying colors with daryl Waltrip, the three-time cup champion was it three but he daytona 500 winner and fox personality and uh um, Greg does a fine job on getting us people, and he couldn't have done much better than getting Daryl. So we'll have Daryl Waltrip on about 20 after in our second segment. But first of all, I wanted to ask Greg now. I've heard him for years. Of course, I've known Greg a long time before Loudon even had a, a cup date. But he's never been very fond of uh, Loudon, New Hampshire, the mile flat asphalt there that's uh, actually got a pretty bad reputation there for a few years with uh, – um some fatalities that took place but um greg doesn't like that track and just you said some of them were personal and some of them were were uh racing uh, uh oriented so uh what's wrong with loudon well uh to start off with perry the area up there is beautiful you know we we used to run a trans am race not at that racetrack it was at a road course a different facility so that part of the country is fantastic and they got a good fan base so good people like racing up there i just don't like the racetrack uh that sounds silly because it everything is state of the art uh the garage areas were built perfect uh the, the, the pit road was raised uh they took they got a tunnel you know it's, it's fan friendly and everything but 
when I had to come up with this to be the magic mile, you know, I, I felt like that our car being such having cars that run so good at Martinsville. And basically, Perry, you can correct me if, if I'm not. They might have added some banking, but essentially Loudon was kind of designed to be a big Martinsville. It, it, it looks like a big Martinsville. Yeah. I don't, it doesn't have the curb on the inside, but uh, it's yeah. uh, that's pretty much what it is. Yeah, and, and it's got long straightaways, and it's got tight turns. And so it, it puts a premium on brakes. It really puts a premium on the driver. So we, they have that, they had, a lot of them had to learn to roll through the center. You always hear that. That's kind of an overused word, roll through the center. And the first time we went up there, everything just looked so good. I mean, we had nice motels to stay at, great fans, uh, couldn't ask for anything. But the first time he went around the racetrack, it's like, we were up there at and like, like they, they, trying to stop the car with the front wheels. Now, is this and Jeff or Brett? This this is with Jeff. Okay. I, I don't think, no, we never knew run with the, I think when the, uh, they ran the Bush North cars there first and the, the Bush cars. I'm trying to think, what was the first year we did run? Uh, probably about 90. We'll get somebody to look that up for us. Yeah. yeah, it was, but the first few times we went up there, we had a really good setup that we thought, ends in combination everything would be perfect well we didn't run all that good uh, so obviously if you got attracted you don't you don't perform that very well we never performed hardly any good at all we probably had one of the better runs with wally Dolan back but the the track is treacherous uh you know we did have some real bad misfortune uh losing a couple of very good upstanding young men adam petty and first before him was uh Kenny Irwin. Kenny Irwin. And it puts a premium on brakes. Um, it's just, the fans could see good, but I never really felt like I was at a racetrack. I mean, I, I don't know what it was. It just, uh, we just disliked it. I don't know of any of the drivers that drove for us that cared that much for it. Uh, Bodine liked it, but uh, he couldn't get around it in our car like he could get around it in our car at Martinsville. Uh, like I say, they had people like uh, uh, what's our what's our guy's name, Ricky Craven. Yeah, you know he he run a lot of Bush North up there, but it's like Jimmy Spencer said. You know, Jimmy had a lot of trouble getting around certain tracks, even though he was super duper and, and modified. But he come and told me he said the only way he ever got where he could run around the racetrack was back out of the throttle real early ease on the brakes and make the car roll through the center of the turn and then get back in the gas as quick as possible well that's fine but the groove of the track moves around and changes it then it seemed like it's a follow the leader deal uh, uh it just puts a premium on on uh, uh your pit stops it's easy to get lapped uh i just you just didn't like the place. I, I hate to talk <laughs> badly about somebody's racetrack when they, 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 they're so fan-friendly and took the competitors into consideration. Uh, our, but, our chief researcher over here uh, just said that the, the, the first race was in 93 with the cup cars, I, and uh, Rusty Wallace won it. So that would have been when uh, it was um, – it was also Davey Allison's last race up, was up there. Exactly. Of course, he got killed in the helicopter crash. But you uh, – uh, you would have had Jeff Bodine there. 
Right. In 93, that was about the time he was trying to figure out how to leave your team. Well, yeah, he was trying to do that. So maybe that put a bad taste in it, in your mouth, no, too. I don't know. No. Uh, rule of thumb uh, with, with good drivers like Bodine, Ricky Rudd, and, and Pearson, and these drivers always want to make themselves look good. There, there wasn't any kind of situation going on, what they call lame duck driver or, or whatever. Wasn't any of that going on. And Bodine and me had talked on the telephone, and we were really excited about going up there because uh, in 93, we didn't win Martinsville, but we did set on the pole uh, for that one of the races. So we, you know, we had, that, had the gear figured out, everything. Went out there on the racetrack, and we warmed up a couple of tenths off the hot dog, you know, the other hot dog. And we just seemed like we never got it figured out. Now, Jeff got where he could run pretty good in races that went on. Uh, I don't think that year we only ran one race. Is that correct? I'm not, I'm not sure. I think we did go up there once a year for a, a while. Yeah, because they had to get the other date from uh, Martin's, from uh, North Wilkesboro. Wilkesboro. Right. Well, see, that's, there you go. Very right. brought up a good point. Uh, they bought out North Wilkesboro to take, get their two dates, and everybody loved uh, Wilkesboro and uh, well, Phoenix it, Daly and, and, the, and the competition, Junior Johnson Land. And, and it had been around since, like, the first year of NASCAR. Oh, yeah. So so it's kind of like we're going to do away with North Wilkesboro and let's go up to the New England state here and build us a racetrack, and we're going to call it the Magic Mile. And, it, yeah, it's got it's magic eye. Uh, well, just too many things rubbed you the wrong way. Rubbed me the wrong way, but I will say the people up there were nice. Motel was real good. Uh, like had had three saloons in it and all kind of. <laughs> no, seriously, it was good. And the people up there were good. So I, I don't want to reflect on any of the people, but I think there was a lot of the drivers that didn't like it either. Okay. So, well, I know I've never heard you say that you liked going there, like uh, like like you do Talladega and Darlington and uh. And uh, and uh, the tracks where you you had a lot of success. So, uh, but that's the way it is. Plus, it's a long way to get there. Yep, long way. And uh, you know, we always flew uh, uh, flew a, a King Air E ninety, and it would take right at two hours and forty five minutes to get up there where we could get you know within an hour forty five minutes to Pocono, Michigan, these places. So that was a little bit long. But that that wasn't really it. Daddy summed it up. Uh, he said, the reason you don't, we don't like it, because we didn't run worth the uh, DAM up there. Yeah. And that's about that's about the size of it. But uh, I believe if we'd have went up there and even run good, I don't think I'd have liked the place. Well, and that's what, that's, what, that's what Greg thinks about it, and we're not going to try to change his mind here, because I've never been, to be honest with you. I've, I've watched some entertaining races there and i've watched some where uh, i remember jeff burton led every lap one time which was a 300 laps of uh boredom but that was, that was right after uh one of the fatal crashes and they had went to restrictor plate on that track burton led every lap of that yep. restrictor plate race okay. yeah yeah that that was you know that's pretty bad when you got a one mile track and put a restrictor plate on it to keep him from going down in the corners uh i know that people tried very hard to to build a place and provide a facility up there because there's a lot of race fans up there. They have good crowds. I just, I just hate that they sacrificed North Wilkesboro and uh, the people that built the track had very good intentions, but they put fans in there. 
you watch it Sunday, there'll be people up there supporting it. And uh, it's a good deal, but it just never was my cup of tea. Gene, how was your trip? Uh, I know you went to Virginia last week, and um, and you're over there sort of monitoring how the weather's affecting the tracks around here right now. What's going on with that? Yeah, I tried to. I've been right up to the moment now. I've been trying to monitor what everybody's doing. And uh, uh, Harris Speedway called off uh, just a short time ago. And uh, uh, so their racing program is canceled for tonight. They're trying to uh, just follow the forecasts and uh, do the smart thing. Uh, Cherokee Speedway is still on for tonight. Uh, and tonight is fan appreciation night. Grandstand admission is only $5. So uh, that would be a good show if I get it in. Great for the fans, you know, get in there for only $5. Maybe somebody can bring uh, somebody hadn't been in a long time. Maybe he's never been. Maybe make a new fan. Uh, Lawrence County Speedway still a go looks like uh, Travelers Rest Speedway still a go. Now, if you do, if if you decided to, you, well, since they called off Harris, does that open it up for some of the Harris people to go to these other tracks? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean that's that's one thing. It's it's bad for one track, but then you know it may help you know another track out. You know, maybe gain some fans that hadn't been in a while, or, or maybe some cars. You know, maybe can make have time to make a change and make it over and. Uh, uh, one thing I was wanting to mention while while uh, we sort of on the topic of New Hampshire. Go ahead. Um, a good friend of mine, Ozzy Altman, uh, he's a well-known racing announcer. He's on the way to New Hampshire uh, from Eldora. You know, Eldora had their big uh, truck race Wednesday night. He uh, uh, evidently suffered a stroke yesterday, early yesterday morning, and he's worked – you know, forever in the business, he's got a great voice for radio and announcing. If you've ever been to a big dirt event or um, possibly any big racing event, because he's called from dirt to NASCAR, he's he could probably use some prayers right now. So just uh, just put out there to Ozzy his uh his big catchphrase is always to recognize the fraternal order of go fast. So <laughs> we're hoping that uh that Ozzy gets back to the track soon. Just hope hope he pulls through all this well and uh that's kind of a detour but i just wanted to take but uh well that's 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 good for you to mention that and that's what we want to do is bring the local what's going on locally into it but i, I got a trivia question uh does anybody of our uh, astute panel here know does the name adrian cronauer mean anything to you uh right. we got one guy's raised his hand oh, everybody gene uh, that I just I know the name from uh, Good Morning Vietnam. Yeah, yeah, the DJ. Yeah, he passed away, of course, on Wednesday, uh, up up in Virginia. He'd been sick for a while, and of course, uh, Adrian was made famous by Robin Williams and Good Morning Good Morning Vietnam. So, uh, as we're honoring, uh, uh, or as we're talking about radio and 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 announcers and things, I think uh, he probably. If he's not in the Hall of Fame, he should have been, or he should be, because they're putting uh, Mike and Mike and everybody else in there. And I would think Adrian Cronauer, if he's not in there, he should already be. Of course, his most of his activity was overseas, and I know there's probably probably thousands of people listening to us right now that might have been in the Vietnam War that that heard him firsthand. So uh, uh, Adrian Cronauer passed away. I think he was like he was 70s or 80s. He was he'd been around for a while, but he'd been sick. And uh, Greg, yeah, well, he he definitely needs to be remembered. I mean, uh, somebody performing a situation like that uh, on a regular basis under the conditions. I mean, you just got to put them up there. People sacrifice not only the soldier, but somebody that was over there 
trying to keep everybody pumped up, you know, just like Bob Hope with all the celebrities, he would walk right in the middle of all the stuff in World War II in Korea and uh, Vietnam. Vietnam, and uh, he definitely needs to be in a Hall of Fame or just about up one of his own. So uh, it's a it's it's a it's a great loss. Uh, I'm just uh, going to kind of review just right quick the Schaefer's Oil Southern Nationals. I mentioned last week that with uh, Raceway was going to be the opener. Of course, Dale McDowell won there. And then uh, Monday night was a washout for Volunteer Speedway and Bulls Gap, so they didn't get to run that one. Uh, 411 Speedway uh, in Seymour, Tennessee was Tuesday. Corey Hitchcock won there. They took Wednesday night off. Uh, and uh, Thursday night, that was at Tacoa Raceway in Georgia. Brandon Overton won there and he also won last night in swainsboro raceway in georgia and they're gonna run again tonight in swainsboro after scriven got canceled so everybody's kind of kind of looking at weather conditions and all and just trying to play their best hand right now all i can say is just maybe uh maybe look out the window before you leave that's about all i trust. <laughs> definitely look out the window before you leave yeah that's about all i i just i trust my own judgment well, once again, we've always talked about the weather rock, and uh, you just check the weather rock, and if it's wet, it's raining, and if it's uh, white, it's snowing. If it's uh, if it's gone, it's windy. There's some other uh, some other things that the weather rock does, but we're gonna uh, we're gonna take a break right now and have a special treat with a a really big uh, guest we've got standing by, and we'll be back on the next segment with Daryl Waltrip. You're listening to. Fox Sports Spartanburg, start your engines. Want to talk racing with the guys? Call the Sign Force Hotline now at 864-468-1400. Start your engine returns in a moment on Fox Sports 1400 and 98.3 FM. Steve and Jerry here from the world-famous Beacon Drive-In in Spartanburg. The Beacon has served over 300 menu selections of burgers, barbecue, chicken, fish, and more for over 70 years. Jerry, what's been the most popular? Chili cheese, I ain't plantain. I need flounder. Cheeseburger like a burger, make it cry. Give me a bacon whip, no trim. <laughs> Had a feeling you'd say that. Join Steve and Jerry at the world-famous Beacon Drive-In, John B. White Senior Boulevard in Spartanburg. Hey, plantain. Speedy Lube in Inman says to save time is to lengthen life for you and your car. Let Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman, lengthen the life and performance of your vehicle. Speedy Lube offers professional ASC certified mechanical service for your car. Be it an oil change, AC work, tires, brakes, front end, or any type of major or minor repair. Trust Speedy Lube in Inman. Open weekdays from 8 till 6. For fast, fair, and friendly service, visit Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman. If you'd like to learn what life was like in South Carolina's backcountry during the Revolutionary War or the antebellum era, the Spartanburg Historical Society can help. Tours are available daily from 11 to 4 for living history events at both Walnut Grove and the Sea House all summer long. Join historians as they share more about life in the backcountry at Walnut Grove and the Sea House. For more information, visit SpartanburgHistory.org. That's SpartanburgHistory. Hey man, you looking for good, clean, late night fun? Boy, do we have a show for you. I'm KB and I host Up Late, Planet Earth's only late night locally produced mid-market sports talk show. So habit-forming, you can't fall asleep without it. Up Late with KB, weeknights at 11, only on Fox Sports 1400 and 98.3 FM. I want to spread the news. 
Let's be honest for a minute about the new way. Honestly, the Redneck Cheeseburger is amazing. The Redneck Nachos are also made with the new way's famous pimento cheese, and they're delicious too. And now you can get in and out of the new way for lunch in just 30 minutes. The new way, which has stood in the same location since 1938, proves you can teach an old place new tricks as our lunch service is now just plain fast. The new way, still going strong after nearly 80 years, 373 East Kennedy Street. Look for the PBR sign and the big red door. Come in for a delicious and quick lunch today. It's the call nobody wants to make. Your home or business has water or fire damage or mold. Let Service Master of the Upstate make that call a little easier. Service Master of the Upstate restores homes and businesses alike. If you've been hit with mold or fire or water damage, call today at 582-3451. Service Master of the Upstate also cleans carpets, rugs, and hard surface flooring. Make that call a little easier. Call Dyer and Amanda Jennings at Service Master of the Upstate, 582-3451, 582-3451. Every now and then, we need to get away and relax. And there's no better way than spending time at the lake. Watery Lake RV Park and Marina in Liberty Hill, South Carolina, is the perfect place to decompress. At Watery Lake RV, enjoy full hookups, a bathhouse, bar and grill, and a boat ramp marina with ethanol-free gas. Hookups available on nightly, weekly, or monthly. Watery Lake RV Park and Marina in Liberty Hill, where families get away. Mention Fox Sports 1400 and get 5% off your stay up to three days. Call 803-273-3013. The Friday Football Frenzy begins August 17th. The Frenzy is presented by Watery Lake RV Park and Marina in Liberty Hill on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. Welcome back to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg, and it's our pleasure to bring in our special guest today, Daryl Waltrip. Good morning, Daryl. Hey, good morning, guys. Yeah, uh, I'm actually uh, in Charleston, South Carolina, so not too far away. Uh, right down I-26. Yeah, playing a little golf tournament this morning, and uh, yeah, I need to see what you boys are up to, what's on your mind this morning. Well, well, one thing, Darrell, I got thinking, uh, I never thought of you playing golf. <laughs> the only golf <laughs> I remember was, uh, was, was, was Daddy and Wayne Torrance and some of those guys going out and playing, but... Uh, How's the weather down oh, yeah. there? I, I talked yesterday, and uh, you yeah. said it, it was raining pretty good. Did it clear up good enough for the tournament? Yeah, they had uh, they had eight inches of rain here yesterday. Goodness, and eleven! So I didn't I didn't think the course would, I didn't figure we'd be able to play today. But uh, we're over at Daniel Island, and uh, it's a beautiful place. And the crew has done an amazing job. We got the course ready. We you know it's cart path only. It's pretty mushy and a little wet in the spots, but you know it's fun getting out and hitting the ball and playing with my two son-in-laws and. Uh, yeah, I remember Bud playing a little golf down in <laughs> down in Darlington, particularly. Uh, you know, we'd all play down there in that tournament. And back in the day, there were just about a golf tournament every week. Uh, you know, somebody would have one uh, before their race, and uh, so that's how I learned how to play golf. I wasn't very good, but oh, uh, <laughs> excuse me, Barney Kaiser uh, down there in Darlington. I said I never played before. He said, "Don't worry, you'll win. Just come on down." <laughs> <laughs> right. I tell you that never was my forte either. I I used to uh, hang around with Diddy and Joe Little John Senior, and, and they had to give of course Joe Little John Senior at that day was about time was eighty five years old and he could he could outshoot me so so they oh, gave yeah. they gave they gave me and Joe Senior uh, some strokes and Diddy yeah. and Edmund Rogers yeah they could anyway but, oh yeah uh, let, let's get oh, back now, you know yeah the the thing about uh, I mean South Carolina Spartanburg particularly. Uh, you just think about all the legends of racing that have uh, either born and raised there, had 
made their careers there, lived there. I just think about, you know, Bud and Cotton Owens and David Pearson and my good buddy at uh, had killed recently, James Hilton, and just on and on and on. The number of people that kind of made that their home. It's a lot of great heroes that live in that area. Dick Brooks, Jack Smith. You could you could keep naming oh, yeah. them. Mario Rossi. That's like Got a it. who's who's or, or something. I tell you what I wanted though. I was hoping Darrell Walt would 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 be. Uh, me and my other brother Daryl were going over some stuff yesterday. I think when I called Daryl to, uh, to see if he's going to be able to make it for the show, but uh, uh, we were talking about it, said uh, we thought Daryl was going to be her be our future, and man, he sure did run fast and done real good, and uh, but Daddy pulled his usual, so he he moved on to bigger and better things, but uh, he certainly done an excellent job with us. But uh, Daryl had to deal with Fox and everything. Uh, you have everybody said you would be fantastic in the booth and you've proven that time and time again but uh that has to be tiring well it, it, it's not as I, I think it's not as easy as it looks i think uh anybody i just like jeff gordon who joined us a couple of years ago uh he said i didn't realize how much preparation and how many meetings and conference calls and uh, you don't just show up uh and walk in and, and uh, start talking about the cars on the track you've got to do your homework you got to be prepared you got to have some notes you got to know a little bit about everybody and everything and knowing the rules and uh you just got to know a lot uh, of course for me it's it hadn't been all that hard because i've spent my whole life you know in racing around racing with racing on my own teams i've driven for some of the most incredible car owners bud being one of them junior johnson rick hendrick myself uh so i'm just i got a great I have a lot of background. I have a lot of history. And, uh, and buddy, some weekends you need every bit of that because some weekends the races are not as exciting as others. And you got to tell stories and talk about back in the day and uh, some of your experiences that you had at whatever track you're at. So uh, I think Dale Jr. is probably learning that. It's always funny to me how a driver has one mentality when he's a driver. You know, he doesn't, wanna, doesn't want caution, doesn't want wrecks doesn't want to be interviewed, all those things. And then when you're on the other side of the fence, it's like, well, what's wrong with that guy? Why won't he do an interview? What's wrong with that team? Why don't they let us talk to him on the radio? What's going on here? we got to do something. So they change their attitude drastically uh, when they become a uh, an analyst versus when they were a driver. Yeah. One that thing about it, Darryl, you, you you made the transition. This, uh, everybody knew that was, that, that, that was going to happen. But one of the things that amazed me, is you wouldn't believe the to go on TV before they had this is a time consuming deal. They have to put makeup on them. They have to be prepped. <laughs> they got these good looking girls. You know, spend a lot of time. Any, I mean, I, that'd be okay to do it. I had to do it once on an infomercial. Uh, and, and but to have well, to do that every time that that that's a big part of it. That's, well, well, that's, that's why Greg and I are gonna stick to radio. Yeah. Well, here, here's what here's what a lot of people don't realize. You can, it's just like, with, again, Jeff Gordon, because he's our newest member. He's been there, like I said, a couple of years. And Dale Jr. will be the same way. You go up there, and when you first when you first start being an analyst and start calling races and doing it, everybody thinks you're the best it's ever been. Uh, they've, oh, man, I like his insight. I like what he's doing. I like him, blah, blah, blah. I bet this next year will be my 19th year mm. of uh, being in the TV booth and, and calling races and talking about races and drivers and what I like and what I don't like. And and after the first year or two, you kind of run through your 
everything you know and everything you've done, you go back to the same tracks every year, and so it, it becomes harder and harder, and you got to be more creative and and uh, think, you know, about what am I going to do this time? I didn't do last time. It's a little bit like a race team, I guess, was set up. You know, you change the setup, try to make the car better. Uh, that's the way we are in the TV booth. We try to move our cameras around. Uh, we try to think about things that have happened at that track that maybe we haven't talked about before. So um, you got to get creative, and, uh, and and it, and it gets to be a challenge after a while. And uh, and and I, I still believe in my heart of hearts that people like familiarity. I believe that uh, I believe that mom and pops in the home watching the races on the couch on Sunday afternoon or Saturday night. They like to hear the same guys on in you know on their TV. Uh, uh, they are comfortable with whomever their whoever their favorite commentator might be, just like they were with their drivers. But I think that familiarity and being the same guy week in and week out, uh, year in year out, I, I think there are a lot of people that like that. Young people now they're totally different. You know, I read something the other day, and it kind of blew my mind. I don't know if this is true or not. Somebody would have to maybe do a little more research. But that a millennial. Uh, these young kids will have as many as 12 to 15 jobs in their lifetime. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you and I, I mean, most of us, we just, we wanted a job. Yeah. And, uh, and that, that was what we did. Uh, but, uh, younger people today, they just, they just like to, they like change. They like to move around. They like things to be different. And, um, I think that's one of the reasons where NASCAR is struggling a little bit right now, because we've been doing the same thing for 60 years. And, uh, the guys in charge of the sport, they try to be creative, try to think of different things that they can do to appeal to the younger audience. But as I tell you, uh, it's just hard to come up with new ideas when you do the same things year in and year out. Well, a while ago we were talking about the, uh, all the drivers and NASCAR people that have come out of Spartanburg. And we've got a young man that's uh, a wheelman down here now that I'm sure you know, Jeremy Clements. And yep. he, he does a great job with uh, the equipment that he has. And if yeah, you could ever, if you could ever hear somebody needing a good wheel guy from Spartanburg, I think Jeremy would be a good guy for you to mention. Well, let me tell you about the Clemens. I don't know if you remember Lewis and Crawford or not. Maybe Absolutely. Not, may not be that old. Yeah, we are. But, <laughs> yeah, we, we yeah. knew them. So I, I, I know you probably did, Greg, because they were in the sport back when your dad was back in the fifties and six, probably in the sixties, I guess. And uh, I didn't realize that uh, uh, that Jeremy is a grandson of. Um, uh, I don't know which Clemens it was. I think it was Crawford. It was, that was Crawford. Yeah. Crawford. Yeah. yeah. And so, uh, I, and it's funny because I was sitting in Dover last year, maybe maybe two years ago now, we were having dinner at the Sambo's, and the Clemens boys all came in. I said, I wonder, in my mind of mind, because I don't do the Xfinity races, uh, Michael does, I said, I wonder in my mind of mind, if those boys have any idea who Lewis or Crawford Clemens are. So I asked one of them, and, and the guy sitting at the table said, yeah, that's my dad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, they're, 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 he does a great job, and, you know, he got a win last year, and they, they do get a lot out of their equipment. They get a, they do a lot with a little, and he's a good kid. Daryl, I wanted to bring up a guy, since we're talking Spartanburg, and we love to talk Spartanburg history around here, and this is a guy that uh, he's, he's been gone for a while now, but he actually, if I'm not mistaken, and you, I think he might have been one of your early heroes. I've heard you talk about him. Um and he was from Owensboro, Kentucky, but he raced a lot from Inman, South Carolina, where Hilton was was uh, based, and that's uh, G.C. Spencer. Oh, yeah. My, listen, when I was – the first races I ever went to, I was six years old. I went to the race in Owensboro with my grandmother, and G.C. was her favorite driver. 
and he drove a car called a Flying Saucer. And it was a, it sounded different than everybody else. It was a flat six uh, GMC motor, and uh, it was a straight six. And that thing made a noise like I'd never heard any other car make. The rest of them were flatheads and, uh, you know, a few Ford motors here and there. But this GC had this flat flat uh, six that was made an incredibly great sound. And he, he drove the Flying Saucer, and I loved that car, and I loved GC Spencer, and I didn't even know him. I'm like a race fan. I'm a kid. You know, I don't know anything about I don't know anybody from anybody. But GC's rival was a guy named Gene Coombs, and his nickname was The Brute. And The Brute, <laughs> the, brute the Brute, The Brute was brutal. I mean, he drove, it's a white number 99. See that car today, a little coupe, a little Ford coupe. And, I mean, The Brute, if you got in his way, he put the bumper to you. He didn't hesitate one minute. And Gene Coombs and GC would have battles week in and week out. And uh, I was always mad at Gene Coombs because – if he got into GC or he beat GC, I mean, that that, that just was crushing to me because I was such a big fan, and I was just a little kid. But, uh, sure, I love GC. He was one of my favorite people. I got to know him really well. Uh, we raced a little bit together uh, before he'd retired. Uh, he and, and another guy that just meant a lot to me was James Hilton. He was one of my best friends, a good buddy of mine. We didn't spend a lot of time in the, together in the latter years, but when I first came into the sport, and uh, I needed a number. And when I raced in Nashville in my late model car, well, I was number 48. So I called NASCAR and I said, look here, uh, I'm number 48, and uh, I'd like to have that number. And they said, well, uh, we can't give it to you. I said, why not? They said, well, it belongs to James Hilton. He has that number. So if you can work out something with him, uh, you might be able to, you know, maybe he'll let you have the number. I said, great. So they gave me his phone number. So I called him and I said, uh, Mr. Hilton? Uh, this is Daryl Walter uh, over in Franklin, Tennessee, and getting ready to start my cup career. And uh, I'd like to talk to you about uh, maybe about getting that number 48 to run on my car. And uh, and it was dead silence on the phone. I said, hmm, this isn't going too good. And uh, in a second, he said, son, can I give you some advice? I said, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I appreciate that. He said, Get your own damn number. <laughs> <laughs> well, Daryl, I got to I got to tell you this because it fits in so perfectly. I wrote a book with uh, and and I did a, a chapter on uh, James Hilton, and he got his number. He was he wanted number four when he started back in 1966, uh-huh. and uh, because he had, had uh, he was like a protege of Rex White, and he spent so uh-huh. much time with Rex, so he went to the garage next door. And GC and a bunch of the boys were playing poker, and he said, I got to get me a number. And GC said, well, I got 48 and 49. I'm not using 48. You can have it. So that's, wow. So that's where the 48 came from. Wow, but, that's so cool. Yeah, GC was 49, and uh, he was just, uh, he was a, he was just, they were just, they were just great people. And that was back in the day when we were independent. You know, you didn't have anything. You just kind of borrowed one, you know, you'd borrow something for a guy one week, you'd borrow it back the next, and. We just kind of supported each other, helped each other, and you, you know, the big challenge then was just to make every race, to get to every race, and have a car that you could race with. So, uh, totally different times than it is today, boys. You know, nobody knew what a backup. We didn't know anything about a backup car. We never heard of that. So, well, actually, your first car, if I'm correct now, uh, was that Mercury number? Wasn't it the Terminal Transport number ninety five? Yeah, I bought that car from Home and Moody. That so when I bought it, it was number fifty two. It was orange. It had Coca-Cola on it, and Ralph Stomlin had driven that car at Talladega. Uh, and uh, it was a 69 Mercury when I bought it. And um, I paid $12,500 for the car ready to race and a spare motor, some gears, a couple, three gears, some tires. And uh, that was my first car. Uh, and I, I wrecked it. 
scored up pretty good, and I took it over to Hutchins Pagan, and Dick Hutchinson said, son, why don't you turn this car into a 71 Mercury, and you can run it in the Cup Series. I said, wow, that's, that's a great idea. So we made it into a 71 Mercury, and my first race was at Talladega in 1972 in my Mercury, and everybody always said, so DW, how come you decided to go to the biggest, fastest track for your first race? I said, because that's when we got the car ready. <laughs> oh, we ready to go, so we went to Talladega. <laughs> yeah. i tell you one thing. When Darrell Walter come out just right out of the box, he was fast. And, you know, uh, lots of times the people that upset people and everything, because uh, he had – but uh, Darrell Walter has done nothing but been great for the sport. Uh, D- fast D- right D- off the bat. Darrell, let me ask you a question. Wasn't that first car – now, did I dream this or something, but didn't that – isn't that the same car or chassis that Mario Andretti won Daytona with? Yeah, it, the car started off, and Mario drove a number 11, right. uh, ironically, and Mario won the Daytona 500 in that car, and it was a 67 Fairlane. Then back in the day, you know, the cars out, they, they only had a shelf life, I think, of three years, and you had to update them. So when uh, when the 67 Fairlane was no, wasn't usable anymore, then they went to the 69 Mercury, and they used that a little while, and then I went to the 71 Mercury, like, like I had. It was like the Wood Brothers car that Pearson won so many races in. And by the way, if you want my all-time greatest hero that I look up to and respect more than anybody I've ever known in this sport, that'd be David Pearson. He... he he, two guys that really helped me a lot when I first came into sport, because I, I, I was a little obnoxious, and I was a little cocky, and I was kind of a oh. little bit arrogant about everything I'd ever done or what I thought I could do, and I didn't mind telling people about it. But anyway, that's beside, that's another story. That's a good, uh, there's a good chance he's listening, you know. Well, I hope he is, and I love him to death, and he's a great guy, and I hope he's doing well. I not seen him for a while. But... Um, yeah, it was just amazing. Pearson and Isaac, when I would have a problem, when I needed to know something, whether it was about drafting or about a particular track or even setup, I'd go talk to Pearson, and he and the Wood Brothers were as nice to me as if I was if I was one of their if I was their driver or if I was one of their one of their sons. They helped me more than, I was, than probably you'll ever know. And Pearson helped me with my driving, <clears throat> things I should do, shouldn't do, and uh, I just always had a great deal of respect for David Pearson. Well, I think. In my opinion, I know Jimmy Johnson's great. I know Richard Petty's great. I know Dale Earnhardt's great. But ain't none of them as great as, as David Pierce. Well, on behalf of the city of Spartanburg and everybody in this room, we uh, we agree with you and we appreciate you saying that. Yeah, he's, he's a good man. Good man. I want to say one thing here. Um, I, I've just got to tell you this because I've been hoping we'd get you on the show so I could share this with you. Uh, I think it was before the the fourth of july race my daughter and i we were sitting there watching it on that saturday night and uh, i can't stand it I-, I love gentlemen start your engines we start our show here in fact that's the name of our show start your engines but uh, i can't stand it when they say the four most famous words in motorsports and and i told my daughter i said well you know, why do they say that there's not any famous words in motorsports and my daughter hannah says well what about boogity 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 and i says well you got me on that one yeah, I know. When they say that, I think the same thing. Before, before I say, boogie, boogie, they say, no, 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 that's not it, brother. Calm down. <laughs> Back it off, Sparky. Yeah, but I, I tell you, that that that, that made a good uh, good trademark. It really did. I mean, it, 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 yeah. it it's like a changing of, from the way things were done, the way things you got to do now. And like Daryl said, you got to get creative. The biggest thing yeah. with this young crowd, and Daryl was dancing around it, the young crowd is so easily bored. 
I mean, they got these yep. cell phones and stuff. And, you know, if you carry it out with somebody's grandkid or something, uh, you, you might be talking racing, and they don't even know nothing about racing. And he's saying something about who won so-and-so, and the kids done punch some numbers up. He don't even know anything about racing. Oh, well, by the way, yeah. Darrell Walter run second that day, and Richard yeah. Petty won the race or something. You know, it just, <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, yeah. it, it, it's just incredible. And, but they yeah. don't have the attention span of the loyalty that, that, that us old folks had. But, no, well, they, they listen, but they don't hear. Well, short, um, short attention spans. Daryl, we're yeah. up against the break here. And I, I tell you what, we love having you on the show and, uh, and uh, all the great things you said about Spartanburg, which is one of the main things we try to promote on this show. And uh, just thank you so much for coming on Start Your Engines and um, try, to, try to keep it in the middle of the fairway. <laughs> all right i'm gonna get back to it here i got i, I need to go but i gotta go so i can find my ball <laughs> okay <laughs> we'll let you do that thank you daryl rough somewhere all right oh man good luck y'all okay thank you daryl appreciate it all right all right man take care that's daryl walter i think he was getting in a few swings while he was talking to us because uh, isn't that cool i mean the man's in a golf tournament and takes time off I don't park. think he took time off. I think. I mean, he, you know, I mean, he took, he took, I think he, he was playing while we were he talking. He was playing while we was talking, and was just able to. That's a great interview. Great, great guy. Well, we're going to take a break right now and come back for our final segment, which is going to be a short one with Nelson Crozier. You're listening to Start Your Engines. Hey man, you looking for good, clean, late night fun? Boy, do we have a show for you. I'm KB and I host Up Late, Planet Earth's only late night locally produced mid-market sports talk show. So habit forming, you can't fall asleep without it. Up Late with KB, weeknights at 11, only on Fox Sports 1400 and 98.3 FM. I sure, it's easy to jump on the internet and search for financial information. But what happens when you run into conflicting articles and need to separate fact from fiction? That's where Trent Lancaster can help. Trent is an investment professional at Jannie Montgomery Scott, located right here in the Spartanburg office, who will take the time to answer all of your investment questions. Trent can help you develop a personalized financial planning strategy with the flexibility to adapt to your changing needs. Trent can also help you with estate planning, setting up trusts, income for retirement, and legacy planning for the next generation. Call Trent today for a complimentary portfolio review at 864-585-8282. That's 585-8282 or visit TrentLancaster.com. Jenny Montgomery Scott, LLC, member FINRA, NYSE, and SIPC. Speedy Lube in Inman says to save time is to lengthen life for you and your car. Let Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman, lengthen the life and performance of your vehicle. Speedy Lube offers professional ASC certified mechanical service for your car. Be it an oil change, AC work, tires, brakes, front end, or any type of major or minor repair. Trust Speedy Lube in Inman. Open weekdays from 8 till 6. For fast, fair, and friendly service, visit Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman. Here comes lunchtime. Do you know that unlike some barbecue places, Bubba's Barbecue and Bash has ribs for lunch every day. Bubba's also has great burgers, pulled pork, calabash chicken, all of your favorite sides, and some of the best sauce around. Top it off with Bubba's famous banana pudding or a slice of pecan pie for dessert, and you'll make Bubba's your barbecue home. 
Bubba's Barbecue and Bash, 827 West Blackstock Road, just a half mile from Westgate Mall. Have lunch at Bubba's today. There's no points racing here. Greg, Perry, Ronnie, and Nelson are racing to win. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. Nelson Crozier is trackside and ready to go. What's going on at this week's big race? Let's go live to Nelson now. Welcome back to Start Your Engines and uh, those Indy cars going by, but I don't think Nelson's at an Indy car track. Are you in New Hampshire today, Nelson? No, uh, I had some doctor's appointments yesterday, so I uh, did that rather than going up. Well, that's good. I got some next week, and so does uh, Greg. So uh, that's part of my our normal schedule. So, um, so what did you think about the announcement I read in the, uh, this week about the um, five – uh, our energy leaving uh, probably the hottest best team in racing right now well they were only one of a number of sponsors and uh barney Visser's got enough money with his uh, uh furniture and mattress company and his federal contracts that he doesn't worry about sponsoring well that's good to hear because there was a actually a huge article in the in the spartanburg paper this morning about about how it caught him by surprise and um he really was hoping he wouldn't have to put um furniture row back on the hood of that car and they i think they had like 17 races with furniture with a five-hour energy and uh i can't remember who they had the other they had 14 with somebody else and uh but um i mean they were looking at it as another another big blow like lowe's leaving uh hendrick I, I don't think it's even going to be a blip on the radar so far as uh, this was concerned. Well, good. Um, Maybe it's another false news thing, <laughs> fake news. Right. Uh, a couple of other things. Uh, one, we had another uh, person passed away this week. It was Dusty Jones, who was 90. Uh, he was uh, Paul Sawyer's sidekick, uh, Lorian, at the Fairground Speedway in Richmond. Uh and then it was a long time NASCAR inspector after that, so we uh, wish him to rest in peace. We sure do, and I wasn't aware of that. Um, so uh, I tell you, Nelson, I, I was sort of, I was sort of hoping that we'd have a, a, a one of the big three wouldn't win next week, but uh, didn't happen. And Martin Truex, uh, he dominated again. Uh, I can see it happening tomorrow. What do you think? Uh going to be interesting. Uh, he's running good, but uh, you know, there are a number of others that are running well as well. Needless to say, uh, you know, Kyle Busch, but Kirk Busch has pole. Uh, so, you know, uh, it's going to be interesting. Well, while we're talking about it, how about uh, let's do our picks right now. Who, who are you thinking today? I'm going to try Brad for tomorrow. He's going to be running in the uh, Xfinity race today, so... Uh, He's going to get a little bit of extra practice. Ronnie, what but, do you think? Uh, I think I'm going to go with the number four. Uh, way out on a limb there with Harvick. Gene? Uh, I'll go with Boyer again. Just got a feeling that Boyer's got another one coming. Okay, and uh, I think Greg's going to go with uh, Menard. So he's uh, going to stick with the Wood Brothers. So the, uh, – I don't know how the weather's supposed to be tomorrow, but I think, weren't they calling for a monsoon at one time up there? At one point, uh, but, you know, 
like here in the Carolinas, it can change from one minute to the next. Uh, first race up there in 93, Benny Parsons and myself were doing the qualifying show, and uh, we had a little canopy over us, and we were sitting on some fresh asphalt. And Benny's up in the uh, captain's chair, you know, pretty high up. He broke at him, and it keeps getting shorter and shorter and shorter. He sunk clear through four inches of asphalt. It was so hot. Well, I know we were just talking about the, the 93 race and uh, uh, when Bud Moore was up there. And Greg doesn't particularly like that track. How, how do you feel about Loudon? I don't know if it's just a mental block with Greg because maybe they didn't do so well or Jeff Bodine was uh, sort of bailing on them to go by Alan Colwicky's team back then. But, you know, what's well, your feelings you about remember, it? remember, uh, that was not a new track. Uh, it was a new track surface. But I believe uh, it was the Briar Motorsports Park was uh, what it was originally, not 100% positive. I think you're right. Uh, and uh, there was a pond in the infield, uh, sort of a marsh area. Well, that was a federally protected waterfowl area. So they had to work everything around that pond. And since then, they made it smaller and smaller, and I don't know what they finally done with it. Uh other thing, it was in about four different police jurisdictions. Every little town has police. <laughs> and uh, roads going in and out were minimal. Uh, you basically had one north-south road, and that was it. Well, we researched it and found some uh, dirt roads through the woods. And uh, we can go back three and four days through that. Well, come race morning, we go in. There's a cop. Stop. You can't go past it. Well, we've got to go to, uh, to the race. Not going past her. Only way you can go past her is pay that guy twenty dollars to go park in his yard. <laughs> so you had to give the guy twenty dollars, and then you could go down the hill and park in his yard. And uh, uh, you know, you still had to walk about a quarter, half mile of the racetrack, but it, you know, it was easy getting out then. But if it wasn't for that, you were forever getting out. Uh, going south was horrendous. Going north was a little bit better. Uh, but uh, you know, a lot of nice places to stay on the lakes up there. Uh, you know, uh, a lot of great seafood. Uh, you know, Dick Bear, uh, Bob Bear had it. Uh, you know, uh, free lobster dinner. You know, on Friday night, and you know, uh, the trophy is still a big lobster. I believe that might have been my favorite track. <laughs> with a lobster and a seafood because i'm a i'm a sucker for that stuff and you're going turn around and go right back up north uh next week to pocono right well it used to be you didn't have to go all the way home you stopped halfway at pocono uh which was a spinach patch to start with uh and now of all things uh i don't know whether it's passed or not but i believe it has uh they're going to have a marijuana farm right adjacent to the racetrack <laughs> oh, that's that's very interesting. I'll stay away from that. <laughs> Don't know what to say. Right. About that. Well, uh, back to your previous guest, uh, Daryl Walshrop. Did you hear uh, any of that? Were you able to hear some of that? I heard. I heard part of it. Okay. Uh, well, David is and myself for this uh, time of the two that convinced Bud to put Daryl in the car for a few races. Uh, you know, uh, so it was both good and bad, but it got Daryl off to a good start. Uh, but so far as his boogity, 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 uh, <laughs> that started with W.C. Fields, and then Ray Stevens uh, did a deal on it, and uh, I think it was Barry Mann in 61 uh, did something. So it's not something Daryl came up with. Now, what he did do, he trademarked boogity, 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 starts your engines, boys, and that is his registered uh, 
or copyrighted trademark. Well, I knew about Ray Stevens because that was uh, that was the streak, wasn't it? And I think that's where David. It I, was. That's where he told us he mm-hmm. got that because I asked him about it last year when we had him on the show, but I wasn't aware of W. C. Fields. Yeah, I mean, Daryl uh, likes to take every everything. Uh, you know, was his original idea, but uh, <laughs> he was uh, well late on the uh, uh, scene with that. And uh, the first race we did with. Uh, Fox uh, back in 2001, we did a deal at the Daytona Library, and I carried this big encyclopedia or dictionary coming through. I found it, I found it, I found it, and you know, found boogity, boogity, boogity in, uh, in there. But, uh, <laughs> you know, that was part of the original stuff, uh, you know, that they used to do on TV. Do uh, entertaining comical things. Uh, Benny Parsons, myself, when we were at ESPN. We did a deal on one of the covered bridges in uh, Bristol, uh, actually in Johnson City. And I go driving across this covered bridge, and there's Benny at the end. Stop, you crossed my bridge, you've got to pay a toll. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, lots of uh, interesting, fun things happened back then uh, You know, that weren't necessarily directly related to the racetrack. Yeah, is it still that fun now? Uh, you, you have to make it fun. But, uh, you know, you have so many people that you're trying to please now. Uh, and a lot of times what they're trying to do is contrary to common sense. Yeah. Well, common sense says we got to take off and uh, come back next week and talk about it again. Nelson, we really appreciate your insight. And uh, it's good to know you listen to the show um, before you come on. So um, keep doing that and straighten us out if we make a mistake before we get to you. Okay, sure will, and see you from the spinach patch next week. Okay, thank you so much, the spinach patch. Okay. That's, <laughs> that's Nelson Crozier, and uh, we're uh, closing it out here. we got a couple of minutes or maybe less than that. There's so much I uh, print off to talk about each week, and I'm not going to be able to get to Formula One. Indy was a crashing bore last week as well. They, they'll be at Mid-Ohio next week. The Cup guys will be at Pocono. The um, We didn't even touch on the truck race the other night at uh, – uh, that Briscoe Chase Briscoe is that his name? He won it. And um, well, Gene, uh, are you going anywhere tonight? Well, I was going to go to Scriven down in Sylvania, Georgia, but they called off early, and uh, so I kind of canceled my plans. They are Swainsboro's going to run again tonight, so uh, uh, kind of fill that gap. But I hadn't really got any plans to go anywhere. I may pop over Cherokee though. Can't ever tell. Well, that's the closest one, isn't it? That's right. That that's uh, that's a. You've always got that one to fall back on, I guess. And uh, it looks like most of the bad weather's to the west, and that's to the east. So maybe uh, maybe we'll be okay there. And uh, you got the um, Xfinity cars this afternoon. I think that's a 4 o'clock start. So, um, and I've got my 48th high school reunion tonight. 48th? Y'all do it every year? No, but this is the first one we've done in about 25. Oh, Okay. Cause we do it every ten, and uh, I'm I'm waiting on fifty. <laughs> Lord, I'll never make it. So, uh, but we, uh, yeah, everybody out there, if you want to go to a race tonight, uh, there's plenty of them out there. But make sure you check first and find out if they're going to run. Uh, check the weather rock. Gene says, look out the window before you leave. So um, we uh, want you to come back, be with us next week. Greg will have another outstanding guest. Not sure who that's going to be, but uh, he'll be working on it. And we will uh, be with you next week.
Keep it between the fences. Fox Sports trending now. This report presented by True Car. Online car shopping can be confusing. Not anymore. With True Price from True Car, now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. In round three of the British Open, the story is Tiger Woods. Now a chance to get to five under within one of the lead. It's three feet. Is it going to be in the hole? Yes, it is. He was on the move straight away. Pick it up. Thank you very much. Tiger is on the prowl. He's one back. Rupert Bell with the call on open radio. Tiger Woods today, five under through 13. He is at five under par overall for the tournament. One shot off the lead. The lead currently in a four-way tie at six under between Jordan Spieth, Kevin Chappell, Zach Johnson, and Kevin Kistner. I'm Isaac Lowenkron. We are This, this is the big lead with Jason McIntyre. There are some decent storylines this weekend. The big lead. What are you talking about? Where is the focus? With Jason McIntyre. Don't yell at me through the radio. That's what I thought. Shut up. The big lead is now. Do you understand? Live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Here's your host, Jason McIntyre. McIntyre. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. I am your fearless leader, Jason McIntyre, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. Woo! One hour in the books. That just flew by. And we have just, uh, we barely scratched the surface here. We've had to make a couple brief detours because Eldrick Woods is making a run at the Open Championship. And listen, you know how in the NBA they say everybody makes a run, it's the NBA, you know, it's a long game. Tiger's going to make some runs. I, it doesn't mean the Tiger's back, ladies and gentlemen. He's having a good weekend. Can we just leave it at that for now? I know that people want to be excited about Tiger, and that's great. There's not a lot of live sports going on. The World Cup ended last weekend. By the way, bravo to Fox for an amazing World Cup production. I loved it. Watched a ton of games. I already miss it. I really do. And, and I like how it ended France uh, winning 4-2 in the final. Just I like scoring, especially in soccer. And um, now we just wait for football, basically. Basketball's over. Summer League's done. Baseball, which we will get to because I, I do get some complaints from you guys on social media about baseball. And I don't know how much stock to put in them because inherently people want to complain on social media. That's why you go on there. I don't know if anybody saw this, but a New York Times reporter, and she covers a political beat, and she's like one of the better reporters out there. Maggie Haberman is her name. I think I'm saying that right. She wrote a big, long story about how she had to just tap out on social media. Twitter has gotten to her. It's too negative. Every comment is just negative this, I hate this, you stink, blah, 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 blah. And I got to say, I've been out on Twitter now for a couple years. Of course, I still use it to promote this show and the big lead and all that stuff. But I'm much more high on Instagram. And, you know, I'm late to the game on Instagram, so I'm, it's slow. It's like a slow build. But I do feel like 
when the baseball fans reach out to me on Twitter, it's all, you don't know anything, you suck, you're wrong. And then when I see the basketball fans on Instagram, it's like, great job, I agree. It's like, good vibes only. And I got a lot of reaction to something I posted this week about DeMar DeRozan and loyalty in sports. And if you've been listening to the show for the last, I don't know, two years, I think it's been two, maybe three years, you know that I have been defending Kevin Durant on his move from OKC to Golden State. And, and you know, our sound guy here, Nick, big Lakers fan, he always turns his nose up when I start defending Kevin Durant. <laughs> oh, God. Listen, man, the teams are going to kick you to the curb or you can make the move first. That's what's going to happen. It always happens. This is a business. We saw how they treated DeMar DeRozan. First of all, uh, let me start with Durant and then we'll go to DeRozan because the two are intertwined. They, they definitely are connected. Kevin